Welcome back to Property Profiles. This week we've got Dan Holden. I've known Dan for many years around the area. He's a property funder. So in our game, we sell all the luxury units around the place. Dan actually funds most of it. Dan's just written a book too. Just hit the decks, beautiful book. Constructive Finance, I've got through the first chapter, it's only brand new, but it's been a labour of love. He's been writing it for a few years. He's been a property developer, he's been a funder, he's had Holden Capital, hits its 10 year anniversary this year. Let's jump into the podcast. We've got Dan Holden with us. Dan Holden, welcome. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much for coming onto the podcast. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Have a chat. I've been uh, waiting to get you on. I know yes. uh, I've been watching you and your socials. You're very yep. busy. Yes. Um, work and play and family. Yep, all, all the above. All the above. Squeeze it in. Um, Holden Capital, we're very topical. Your uh, your new book, Constructive Finance, has just hit the decks. Yes, last week launch, yeah. big launch, which yeah. is exciting. A labour of love. Yeah. Uh, it had well, passion project for yeah. sure. It's been uh, four years in the making, so to finally get it out there and get it done is fantastic. Um, started with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement. Six months of probably half an hour, forty five minutes every day, um, and then the whole editing process started, and it was a it was a long journey. So, so for those who don't know. Um, your background, as far as I know, was um, you just mentioned off off air yep. property development initially. Yep. Um, then you got into f- uh, with a company called Ash Morgan Winthrop, which yep. is a property kind of investment manager, investment manager. Yeah, investing in property developers. Um, and so I did five years and brokering uh, project debt as well. So I did five years for them, and then set up my own firm ten years ago. So our business turns ten this month, which wow. is exciting. So good combination of things, and uh, yeah, and to make it ten years is pretty pretty exciting. Nice. And for the audience, you're in a nutshell, your business now looks like, what is it? So essentially we're doing uh, both brokerage of construction debt to banks and, and major institutions, superannuation funds and the like, um, and non-bank lenders. And we're also a non-bank lender ourselves. So private lender, mortgage trust, many different words for it, but essentially it's a, um, you know, investors put money into our transactions. We approach property developers and say, hey, we've got money to lend. Um, can we fund your project and get it out of the ground, which is the, the key. You've got to get them built and then you guys get them sold. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. you're, um, from what I can see, you're not just in the city of Brisbane. You're, um, are you national? National, yeah. yeah. So Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, we've yeah. got offices. And, uh, but we've also done transactions in um, Tasmania, uh, Perth, uh, Adelaide, um, all over. Canberra, we're doing a lot in Canberra. Yeah. Fair in Newcastle. Uh, so yeah, it's essentially we're Australia wide, but obviously sticking to capital cities is is what you would say lower risk mm. in, in a sense that there's more people that want to live there. Um, but yeah, we've been Brisbane ten years, I think Sydney six years, Melbourne five years. Um, so yeah, operating in all three. Nice. I mean, sometimes as an agent, you can sort of get asked to work outside your sort of core area, and you've got to get to know a new area. Yeah. I mean, with with that risk that you mentioned, and you've got to fund something in. Let's say um, you know regional Victoria. Yep. How do you sort of do your due diligence? I mean, uh, you know, the market's different. Um, it is, and I guess uh, having a bigger territory, if you will, you do need to have a bit more knowledge that you can't rely on that you grew up there or that you know people there or whatever. Sometimes you've got to kind of start from a bit of a blank canvas, and and that definitely is talking to local agents. It's talking to uh, a local valuer. It's talking to local builders. Uh, it's talking to other developers and getting comfort that you've got your own kind of assessment that you can go, are we gonna get our money back first and foremost? Um, and then, you know, does this developer that we're lending to know what they're doing? Mm. And are they, have they been there long enough, you know? If they're doing it from uh, remote as well, it probably gives you a little bit 
kind of uneasiness. Mm. Whereas if they're local and you can talk to some local people who have their knowledge, you can kind of combine all of that over over like a tapestry and go, great, now we've got a picture and we can make a decision from there. Um, and yeah, a lot of it, I guess, is just you learn along the way from mm. uh, what are your basics of assessment and how do you get comfortable to recommend something to the investors that we should partake in this project. So yeah, there's a bit of a process there. So, um, you know, uh, you're obviously very successful. Sometimes it's good to learn from the the mistakes and the audience and yep. myself as well. Yep. Are there uh, some of the things... still mistakes. There's still there's definitely mistakes. Still mistakes, yes, yep. so, same yep. with us. What, um, I mean, are there a couple of things that you... A lot of people are just in the property market in this yep. audience. Like, you know, you've, you've been very successful buying and selling your own property. I know you've recently sold yep. a property. Um, through you guys. Through yeah. us, guys, yep. us, which is great. And um, beautiful property. What, how, when, two parts is, how did you initially get into it? And yep. then what's, what, what, what's your sort of game plan on in the, in the housing market? Yep, so initially got into it, uh, I think I was 19 when I bought my first house um, out at uh, Bayside. And yeah, it was just, you know, this great Australian dream is to own your own home. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's Australia's favourite pastime is to talk about property, buy property, yeah. invest in property. It's, it's a massive thing. Um, uh, definitely, around, isn't it? definitely around, yeah, absolutely. Definitely around the barbecue on a Sunday afternoon. You talk about that, not which shares you're in. It's what are you doing with your property? What are you buying? Yeah. So it's it's an absolute pastime and hobby and passion for people. So yeah. um, that's probably what got me into it, I guess, is that it's such a, a big part of our culture in Australia is to be in property, doing property. Mm. Um, and it's exciting. Mm. It's, it's it's fun. It's mm. uh, You can research, you can get technical, you can get nerdy, um, or you can just uh, you know throw money at the market and yeah. hope it goes well. Um, and in a rising market, everyone looks that like they're doing bloody great, don't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah. So on that, um, obviously, one of the biggest questions I get asked, yep. hourly almost, what's yep. the market doing? What's coming yep. into next year? Yep. From your side of the fence, what are you seeing? Uh, it's definitely a lot of confidence around, and that generally creates you know more towards a rising market. Um, we're seeing, I guess, on a macro level, everything seems to be ticking lots of boxes and it's all going strong. Low yeah. interest rates, good employment, wage growth is about to kick hard. Um, you know, we're seeing CPI being a factor uh, going forward in terms of things are going to cost more next year than they do this year. But you know, with so much money flowing around at the moment, it feels like that'll kind of be a slowdown, but not an, uh, kind of an impediment. Mm. Um, so yeah, overall, it seems to be everything's ticking along really nicely. Mm -hmm. um, I think definitely. We've seen a lot in the last probably three or four years, as in 2020 to 2022 next year. A lot of that is around the more luxury, high-end, you know, um, big price points aren't a factor. People have got big dough to spend. Um, what I think could be the next kick that'll see it through, and particularly in Brisbane with the Olympic announcement, is that investment market and, and how that plays yeah. into... Um, you know, not just um, medium and high-rise apartments as, as investor product, mm -hmm. but also townhouses, house and land, yeah. and seeing that really kick strong. Uh, I think that could be the next uh, wave of excitement, rush, you know, mm. let's go out and do stuff kind mm -hmm. of a uh, motivation that gets people really firing. So uh, if we see that, and that could be from not so much borders opening, but um, I guess, you know, international buyers coming into the market, Wanting a local owner to a local tenant to occupy for mm. a long period of time, I think that's something where you know we haven't really seen that take massive flight mm. yet. And if it does, it'll be it'll be huge. We are seeing that international buyer buying. Yep. Asked second question, what's it going to rent for? They're yep. planning to come back in two or three years' time. It started. Yep. You yeah. know, it's a bit like sellers say, "What about all the Sydney, Melbourne buyers?" That's real now. Yeah. 
but you know, probably a year ago, you couldn't you couldn't structure a campaign around that. Yep. But now that's happening. You know, yep. virtual yep. tours coming up. Yep. Buying, knowing that bookend with the Olympics yep. is there. They want to be in here somewhere. Exactly. And they're getting on yep. that. Yeah, it's a nice medium to long term kind of thing that people can go. I'm buying because of this. It's yep. a reason. It's you know, it's infrastructure led uh, investment decision that gives people that little bit of a nudge over to go. That's why I did it. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think that could be the next really uh, big thing for us to see, both in, I guess, in your sector and, and my sector of projects getting out of the ground because of that. And, and we are seeing that a lot of projects we're funding at the moment. Um, you know, people come to us as a lender as, as opposed to the banks because they want to get it built without having to sell half the building uh, mm-hmm. prior to starting. And we're seeing that with a lot of luxury product is that it's hard to get you know, the big commitments off the the hoarding on the site sign, mm. uh, people want to see it, touch it, feel it, yeah. fall in love with it. Um, we're seeing that even as small as, you know, uh, doing two houses side by side in, in Camp Hill uh, to try and sell them off the plan. Mm-hmm. You might sell them for 1.9, whereas we're building them with no pre-sales, we're funding them. They're now getting 2.2, 2.3 million. So that extra bit of profit is not just because they didn't sell it 12 months ago when they started construction. Mm. It's because um, there's more uh, buyers that are waiting to see and touch and feel the product. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing, I guess, an overlap of that as well. So yeah, there's a few factors folding over each other to make it pretty interesting times at the moment, which is good. I think we could talk uh, at this level for another couple of hours, yep. but just to keep everything tight yep. for this um, audience, you're a very big family man. It's very obvious. Yep. You've got three young kids, yep. lovely wife. You guys are, you travel, you camp. I yep. can, you, um, we had a quick chat offline. You, your sort of structure of your days, I know that, you get in very early, generally, very early, yep. and you can sometimes you you have kids afternoon time and then yeah. weekends, which is which is nice, and then you know it's more kind of prioritising them and time with them on the weekends especially, um, uh, and kind of backfilling it, the work from there. And so yeah, if I've got to work longer hours, it's it's starting early and not finishing later, um, so that you can be there to tuck them in the bed as much as you can, apart from date night, Thursday night with the wife every week. Um, every other time it's it's doing that. Um, and sometimes that means you miss, you know, uh, brushing the girl's hair in the morning and all that kind of stuff, which yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Um, but definitely it's starting early and getting in there and getting it done. Um, and, you know, trying to do your site visits all in one day so that you're not out on the road for one day and yeah. checking things out and back at the desk, um, you know, crunching deals for the rest of the week. So. I often see um, your laptop around a sort of a resort pool. It makes me feel bad on a yeah on a, on a well. I think Friday that's something we, or a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something we all learnt from the kind of work from home and COVID. Is that yeah. you know you can be um, most most of the time pretty much anywhere. Uh, particularly you know if you're within kind of an hour or two of Brisbane, it's um, checking out sites. I mean we're funding projects up and down the coast and. Um, to do some site visits and tie it in with a night away or two nights away. Yeah. Um, and to do, you know, four or five hours even on a holiday mm. for me, but, you know, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, it, I don't know if I could actually fully switch off for a whole week. So yeah. for me, it's actually just doing those couple of hours, staying on top of things. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, we're managing progress draws on multiple projects at a time and to kind of keep on top of all of those and where things are up to mm. and as sales come in and just monitoring all the projects. So definitely to get a couple of hours in each morning, it just makes you feel like you're on top of it. Then you don't come back to 500 emails yeah. on a Monday morning because yeah. you've had the week off. So uh, definitely that to me is work-life balance yeah. as opposed to being incognito for a week yeah. and then coming back to you know two weeks of work to do yeah. it one week. That's uh, a and, big thing. And talking daily structure, I, I did see um, I'm sort of talking exercise fitness. You had a like a charity ride on a, a mountain oh, bike yeah. recently? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. It, yeah. was, uh, it was hectic. Yeah, yeah. Look, we did, uh, I saw you sort of... Yeah. 
middle of creeks. And oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. we did uh, from Cairns to Cape York, so it was 700 kilometres in seven days wow. on a mountain bike. Yeah, that's... And so a mountain bike's about almost four times longer than a road bike. Yeah. So I've done a few of those 100k road bikes, yeah. you know, and they're three and a half, four hours. That's easy. No yeah. dramas. Whereas yeah. this was, yeah, eight hours a day, seven days in a row. It was hectic. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. was that a charity? It was, yeah. yeah. We raised money for both for local uh, Aboriginal kids uh, up there. Um, so quite a few of us donated bikes at the end of it. And then um, it was also for, uh, there was another charity involved as well. What a it escapes me at the minute. It yeah. was about six months ago, but yeah. mate, it was uh, it was it was for charity. It was also for a bit of torture and a bit of fun. <laughs> so it was hectic. Yeah, yeah. I did a uh, chain reaction. I did a thousand kilometres on a bike for six, but yep. yours look yep. harder. Yeah. No, I've done some of those multi-day road ones. Yeah. They're really fun. Yeah. They're uh, fun. And they're yeah, it was, it was still a fun event. It was yeah. just uh, yeah, a uh, bit of a more of a challenge than I thought it would be. So on that exercise theme, um, what else do you do just to keep that? Keep the- uh, just, yeah, gym generally at kind yeah. of like 9.30, 10 o'clock. So yeah. get the morning uh, workflow done. Uh, maybe a, a morning bricky meeting. Sorry about today then. I've, yeah, I've, no, it's all I've, good. I've, and then, <laughs> um, and then yeah, if I can squeeze that in. Um, and uh, most days it's dressed like this. It's, yeah. it's really kind of in a suit. We're at James Street and we're not in, in Eagle Street. Yeah, so yeah, it's a bit yeah. more relaxed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, quick shower and back to it. So um, yeah, if we can do that later in the day or later in the morning, that's a, a better yeah. outcome. And then on the weekend, it's uh, yeah, mountain biking with my little, little son and uh, all with some mates on uh, weekday mornings. So generally Thursday or Friday morning, if we can get out, do a bit of mount, uh, mountain bike bash in the forest. It's usually yeah. a pretty good way to start the day. Yeah, cool. Um, and just things that um, like reading, podcast yourself, any inspiration, mentors. We had a quick chat yep. when we first met up today that you, we both had some business coaching. You'd said yep. some this morning. Like, Yep. So I've got a uh, accountability coach. Um, so I had a business coach for the first five years of the business, which was very much around, um, you know, my background was in, I guess, you know, deal origination and deal structuring, whereas to actually kind of start a business, there's all of that other mm. side like HR, operations, cash yep. flow, um, uh, growth, where do you grow, you know, what you do want to do, what you don't want to do, which is a massive part as well. And so I had a business coach for the first five years, which was awesome. Um, and that definitely helped, I guess, shape, you know, uh, what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Uh, then I did about two or three years of EO, Entrepreneurs Organisation, which mm-hmm. was much more a group-based uh, monthly team huddle uh, with a bunch of people from other industries, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because you're learning about similar challenges even in other industries. So it's one thing if you know six or seven property guys caught up together, it would probably have similar challenges with similar mm. look and feel to them to, to learn from other people with totally different. You know, one guy had a, um, a HR business, another guy had a crypto mining thing, another guy had a mm-hmm. um, hospitality laundry business, like all totally diversified, yeah. yet we quite often had similar challenges. So that was really good. Um, and then for the, yeah, the last little while, I've actually just had an accountability coach, which has been great. Definitely helped this year getting the book finished because like, the amount of times you're just happy to let it go on the back yeah. burner. Yeah. Um, so to actually you know, get that done was, was fantastic. Um, and even my call today, he's like, great, one week to go in the year, but what are we going to do to really drive it home? I'm like, oh, mate, I'm done. But yeah. you know, he, he managed to squeeze four things out of me to get done in the next week. So, And you were saying um, he, he was an act, he's an action items type of guy. Correct. So, so it's purely accountability and action yeah. items. So, um, you know, I think after after 10 years of or well, 15 years of doing the same thing every day, you kind of like you, you know roughly what you need to do in the next week, month. 
um, but it's actually just having someone accountable to keep you focused on it and kind of, uh, you know, big rock, small rock mentality of what are the big rocks and then we'll backfill it with sm smaller tasks and that kind of stuff. So that's been really helpful. Um, so, yeah, he's based out of America, but uh, that just happened to be the guy that I got. And it's a uh, it's a weekly call and he texts me and emails me all through the week, peppering me, saying, do this, do that. Um, and, yeah, it's been really good. How would you come across him? Uh, it was actually more around I was going to reactivate with a business coach and then realising I yeah, probably don't need to be told what to do. I just need to be told yeah. to do it. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, uh, that's kind of how I landed on that, and yeah, it's been good. I think it's been about six months, and it's been fantastic. Uh, so yeah, it's been really helpful. And a um, um, couple of sort of final questions, Dan. Just a long haul flight. Yep. You can pick whoever you want to sit next to. Yep. Don't let's not go wife. Yep. That's an obvious one. Who yep. would you love to sit there and talk to for for, for seventeen hours? Um, I don't know. I guess. Uh, 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 at the moment, in terms of podcasts and people who have been, uh, you know, listening to Mark Burris is a pretty yeah, interesting yeah, he's guy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, um, both not, I guess, because he's you know similar sector to me, obviously uh, mortgages and that kind of stuff. Um, but now he seems to be a lot more in a high level about general business and and the impacts yeah. of COVID. And just he's been talking to general business people, so I reckon he'd be a pretty interesting guy to have a bit of a yarn to. He would be yep. best uh, best meal you've had in Brizzy. In recent times, because I know you're, uh, you do get around. Uh, mate, I was at Zachary's Pizza in Noosa on Saturday, and that was, <laughs> that was good. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Yep, I booked that out especially to make sure I go there." So that was pretty nice. Yeah, no, but no, nice no. and simple. Nothing. Well, not a big foodie. So um, for me, it's not that. Not, not that. You do like your cars. Yep. Um, what's the car, current car you drive? Uh, I'm between cars at the minute, um, but yeah, I've had a few different ones in the time and got um, got one of those uh, Corvette CV8s on order. So I think that arrives sometime yeah, next nice. year. So. It's kind of looks a bit like a Ferrari, but probably half the price. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I've had a few different fun ones over the years, and like to get them out on the out, out on the track and have a bit of fun and get the adrenaline pumping. So um, yeah, always always good to have a bit of downtime. And um, just for the audience, just to to learn from you, Dan. Just you know, if you've got a sort of a, a mantra, like in you know, in terms of your success, do you keep to a certain rhythm, a rhyme, just around what you do? Like you know, keep it simple. You know, stay in your lane. Yeah, so actually the one that I've been using for the last four or five years is Blinkers On. Um, yeah. And so uh, behind my desk there's a wall and it's only got one thing, Blinkers On. Yeah, um, okay. And I just find that I love particularly that. in property you just get so many uh, distractions, shiny ball syndrome. You go, yeah. oh, look at that, look at that. Oh, yeah. wow, we can do this. It's like just so easy to get excited and there's opportunities everywhere. So uh, it's, it's for me, and I went through a couple of years of going, let's do this, let's do that. Um, and you know, doing this is, a few this is gold. This is great. Doing a few property ventures myself, I'm like, oh, we could do this. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard. And then you go, wow, that took 15 months. What, yeah. You know, um, should have been a six month build. By the time you start, finish, and get it done, it takes a long, long time. So, mm. uh, for me, that for the last four years has been very strong on blinkers on, um, and just sticking to the core business and sticking to the ones that you can do and digest comfortably. Um, um, and yeah, that's for me has been a big saviour. Well, what a great ending, a great, a great um, sort of closer for everyone. So, Dan, thanks so much for coming. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks for your half an hour of your time. Good to chat. Pleasure. Thank Cheers. you. Thanks, Dan. Um, for those that want to follow Dan, obviously, the Constructive Finance, brand new book. He's on Instagram at dano underscore Holden, or you can pick up the phone and get him at Holden Capital. We'll see you next episode.